You're listening to the Soggy Bottom Girls podcast, exploring all things on the Great British Baking Show with your hosts, Alison Roche and Lisa Vukmirovic. Hello, everyone. I'm Alison. And I'm Lisa. And we are the Soggy Bottom Girls, ready to talk about Dessert Week. Desserts is such a throws me off because I feel like isn't every week dessert week? It's all desserts. But clearly something they define differently. Um, I don't know. It's always strikes me. Whatever. I probably said that the last last season. Yeah. Rather broad. (laughs) It is broad. But, um, you know, I feel like I got a lot of texts from my friend Lisa this week with beautiful (laughs) pictures of all (laughs) your bakes. I did. I did a lot of baking. I crossed something off my bucket list this week. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Y'all been talking about it for how many seasons? Is this our third season? Been talking about mm-hmm. it almost every time. Going to make puff pastry. Going to make puff pastry. I finally made my own puff pastry. And guess what? It's probably the last time I'll ever make <laughs> puff pastry. It was so hard. It was so time consuming. And just, I don't know how else to say it. But hard. I was um, texting Allison videos like at every single step just because mm-hmm. I needed somebody to understand because nobody's here at my house. Everybody's at work. I needed somebody to understand how mm-hmm. many steps it is. It's so many steps. And I had watched a tasty video. Do you know the tasty? You know, they just pop up on your Facebook or, you know. Tasty oh, is like it like where it's an up. overhead shot of something? Yes, yeah. yeah, sped up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they made it look so easy. Oh, <laughs> just roll it out. Roll it out. Roll it out. Roll it out. Yeah, it's not like that. It's it's very hard. And I don't think I did a very good job. Even though they they looked pretty nice at the end. I'm telling you, I, there was so much butter leakage. So much. I don't know how you avoid it. But it really did. I think Paul would have given me that's a shame about my about my I made a pan pan au chocolat, which is mm-hmm. like a sort of a chocolate croissant. So yeah. Well, it gives you new respect and thoughts about when you how heartbreaking it must be for them to like look in their oven and see butter leaking all out and know that you just spent so much time yes. on that and knowing it's not going to be completely successful. And it took me I, two days. It took me two days and the directions were to let it rest overnight. And so mm-hmm. when I think about that, I found different recipes, but this is the one I decided to go with because I was tired anyway from all that rolling. How do they do that in four or five hours? I don't know how how many, like last week it was pastry and um, they had to make the breakfast pastries. And I don't oh, know right, how much yes. time they had for that, but making your own puff pastry takes forever. And I have an air-conditioned home, I'm not like their tent, you know, <laughs> so the the butter could stay chilled and stuff like that. I just don't know how they do it. I don't know. And people who are not like super in shape, how do you do all that rolling? And I have one final comment for all the listeners out there, because I would assume people who are listening are probably around our age. One of my most favorite movies is It's Complicated. Have you seen it? I have not. It's a Meryl Streep, Alec Baldwin, Steve Martin. And she, Hmm. she owns a bakery. They call it kitchen porn because it's like, you know, 
of this beautiful kitchen and her beautiful kitchen that she works in. But um, she and Steve Martin are on a date and she said she takes him to her uh, patisserie, I suppose is what you would call it. Mm-hmm. And, and she says, what would you like? I can make anything you want on that menu. He said, how about a, a nice warm chocolate croissant? <laughs> and she says, my specialty. And they go in the kitchen. And then it's this montage of them goofing around making sure. it. And then an hour later, he has a warm chocolate croissant in his hand. I'm like, liar, Mm. Steve Martin and Meryl Streep, you lie. This is misrepresentation at its finest. So anyway, I'm mad at that movie because I've seen it so many times. I thought, oh, that can't be that hard. It is. It's hard. I would love, it seems to be sort of on trend right now to animate little conversations or interviews. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts and and, you know, satellite radio and things. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, oh, you can find this conversation. So-and-so animated it on YouTube. I would love to animate your <laughs> your uh, puff pastry experience <laughs> with just lots of time lapse, you know, <laughs> sunrise, sunset, uh, soundtrack and everything else. At one point, after it felt like a lot of steps, you sent me a picture of a piece of paper sized piece of dough telling me that you then needed to roll it out five times Mm -hmm. the size that it was. And I was like, wow. You had to roll it from eight inches to 40 inches. And that was the final roll, eight inches to 40 inches. Mm -hmm. And you, Mm -hmm. you just do it. You just have to do it. And I, I did it, but I stood on a stool and pushed my whole body. Yeah. Cause I thought, well, I can really get a good, push on that if I'm above yeah. it, you know? And so that was helpful, but yeah, that dough is, you have to keep it so cold and it is not easy to roll when it's so cold, you know? Did you bash your butter a lot? with Bash the, the crap out of it. Yep. And every time you roll, you bash the pastry to get it going too. So, you know, bash up and down and then start rolling. Mm-hmm. Well, again, I think I've mentioned before I have, I'm making files, and one of my files will be called, labeled now, never make this ever, and this is going in there, And then, your recipe. I just, you know, you can buy puff pastry, and I think that along with phyllo, it's probably something you should do, you know? Don't you wish Mr. Rogers was still alive to go into a puff pastry fat oh, factory and show yes, us how it's done? Please, yes, how do they do please. it on that level? That'd be really interesting, actually. You know what? Let's find one and we'll link it. We'll link it in this <gasps> Wonder. podcast. That'd be awesome. Pepperidge Farms does those crappy little profiterole ones. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm going to look into that. I wonder if there's anybody that gives tours. That'd be awesome. That would be, it would be, mm-hmm. but I just think, you know, it wouldn't be that hard if you had a sheeter the way that like bakeries do right, to right. roll it out. That wouldn't be that hard, but doing it by hand with your, my rolling pin is probably a hundred years old. It was Dan's grandma's rolling pin mm, and it's sweet. wooden. And I, I lost the end of it many times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but anyway, thank you for asking me about it. I'm so proud of myself to have been able to ch- cross that off my big yes. bucket list. I'm proud of you too. I mean, that you. is, that was impressive. And I thought they looked beautiful. And um, I was praying when you're like, well, hopefully someone's going to like them. 
you know, I was praying <laughs> that you would at least get uh, a moderate amount of praise for them. Sophie said she loved it. She thought it was great. Good. Yes. Good. So good, I'll just, good, good. I'll just go with that. And Dan had one. He said it was good. Well, episode seven desserts is challenging the bakers to make a family sized roulade. Mm -hmm. And I believe we talked about this off, off record. Um, I said to you, what is the difference between a roulade and a Swiss roll? Right. Because I don't get it. And a Swiss roll. Yeah. Um, Most of us are familiar. If you're from America, you're from us um, like a pumpkin roll that you would have at Thanksgiving Mm. time or in the fall. And it's the cake is quite thin and it's not very puffy. And I think you add an egg or two to that, but a roulade is made with um, some whipped egg whites to begin with. And then you add the other flavors. And so it's quite a bit thicker and it's a softer cake. So um, just in a nutshell, that's that's kind of the difference. And rolled differently, right? If you picture a rectangle, wasn't one rolled the short way and one was rolled the long way? Am I making oh, that up right now? I feel like, well, when I make a pumpkin roll, I, I roll it from the short end. So it, you, you get okay. more of a turn in it. And I think that's <laughs> yeah. what they were looking for, except Jane rolled it the long way. So, you know, with the long end facing her. And so she didn't have as much of a spiral in there. Right, right. You know, our friend Mary is always looking for the the spiral of a Catherine wheel, whatever that Mm -hmm. is. (laughs) And Jane did not have it. Uh, I did have down that Mary said Jane's looked exciting, however. Um, She had a lot going on. She had the chocolate and hazelnut cream. I think she had like a hazelnut paste that was also had alcohol in it was boozy Mm -hmm. um hers hers had a good texture but there was a question so maybe there was too much alcohol um even but i thought it sounded good i mean you know how can you go wrong chocolate hazelnut yep uh another one i thought was sounded really good looked a little naff but um they commented because benjamina used a coconut paste um, in this sort of pina colada roulade that she made. And, you know, Paul said it tasted like a pina colada, but which artificial. They said which it is artificial. artificial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those, those things always do make me nervous. When she said coconut paste, I like, yeah. I wanted to ask about- you, thinking about Benjamina's, she used a mascarpone. Have you used mascarpone in very many bakes? No. No, I have not. I have, and I was surprised no. at what it was when I when I got it. It's kind of I have if I had to describe it, kind of between a ricotta and a cream cheese. Mm-hmm. Or, That's I a good think, description. Yeah, it it makes things very nice and creamy. I just I we have talked about it one other time because they do have it at Aldi. I think I mentioned to you, and I've only used it in savory. Uh, Actually, that sounds really good right now. Um, savory. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, oh, it takes a lot of fresh basil. Well, this is the time. Um, July in the Midwest, everything's really great growing right now. Um, 
it's just a like a party ball type thing and you use a mascarpone and you use like sun-dried tomatoes and basil mm, and that anyway, sounds good have, have not done a ton of baking with it but it is delicious it is so you say party ball you don't say cheese ball <laughs> um cheese ball to me is a uh, is what i describe <laughs> it's on it's no it's what i describe on a salad bar at a supper club when they have that with crackers and it has mm-hmm. nuts pressed all over it. Yeah, yeah. That to me is a cheese ball. So what's a party ball? Any other <laughs> dip ball. <laughs> but it's it's made into a ball shape? Yes. Okay. I, I thought maybe oh. this is a thing from Wisconsin. You guys call it party ball. Because around here we would say, we would say cheese ball. And a party ball is, to me, if somebody said, hey, I have a party ball. I would think it was a ball-shaped keg. A ball-shaped what? Keg, beer keg, party ball. Oh. <laughs> Do you not know what that is? Like a small keg, it's shaped like a ball. Yes, yes. Like a um, what a St. Bernard carries around its neck? No, that's a barrel. <laughs> <laughs> we are so off topic, it's not even funny. <laughs> I'm getting a little giddy. It's a little hot up here. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, okay. let's, let's talk about another one that turned out naff was Tom's Millionaire's Roulade. And, you know, I love to make millionaire shortbread. It's probably the most delicious thing on the planet. So when I was looking at all these, I'm like, that's going to be good. That is going to be good. And then it turned out not so good. Because you couldn't really get the well, flavors of a millionaire shortbread in a roulade. And they, right off the top, wondered what he was hiding by covering it completely. It looked, you know, a little distasteful instead of inviting, which is, they look at that for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they said right away, you know, it makes me wonder what you're hiding under there. I will say that there was a great weird moment where he had a handheld little tiny fan did you see this? And yes. Fan cranking a fan. I was like, really? Yeah. I know it's hot in there, but really? What is <laughs> your little handheld crank fan going to do in this situation? Uh, didn't was, didn't that, a couple of the contestants like look at each other and kind of roll their eyes yeah, at them? Yes, I think they did. Like Benjamin and Selassie. <laughs> I think they did. I don't I think love that. anything he could have done with that, but... Um, yeah, I've never had millionaire shortbread, but of course I love salted caramel. Oh my gosh, Allison, the next time mm. we see each other, I'm going to make you a whole pan of it. That and will also, be my signature cookie you make for me. Oh, please. I was, Dan was taking pictures. We have a British, the British bake shop down at our farmer's market, the owner yes. that we would like to speak with. And he sells little squares of it. I would say two inches by two inches. So you get, mm-hmm. I mean, that'd be a really nice serving. For like four fifty, yeah. yeah, and I don't blame them because it's very work intensive. It's very work intensive. It's fun. It's is fun it? to make. Is it? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't blame them. I think that's probably a really good price for that. But I won't charge you. <laughs> Thank you. Promise. Um, two other things I think were worth mentioning was Andrew doing his little striped pattern on his mm-hmm. um roll. Uh, his roulade rather that was really cute and then I and he also relies on his dad's curd recipe which was a hit his passion fruit curd that he 
that uh, the judges loved and said were lovely flavors. And then the other note I had was Candace using the freeze-dried raspberries, mm. which is on my bucket list. It's something yes. I want to try because there's other bakers that have done that. I thought that I like that. I've actually seen it. some other, like a video or something that I saw and somebody was saying, if you really want to add a lot of flavor to a dessert, especially in the summer, to try freeze-dried, because then you won't, you know how we've seen so many people on here, they add some berries and then they bleed or there's too much moisture right. because you put in whatever fruit. I just think, to me, that seems like a really, really good idea. So maybe we should make a vow. I wonder if we can get some on Amazon to get some like freeze-dried strawberries, raspberries, something and make something this week. Interesting. Oh, look, I'm sure I'm positive. If you can get squid ink or cuttlefish ink and that fruit we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Phasalius, that husky, remember I said you could get two for a ton. Anyway, I take a sidetrack. Let's talk about the technical because okay, it was... You know what? It, it, I thought everybody did really well on something that had a ton of steps and seemed tricky. And only, I think, one person really knew, had an idea of what it was. And I actually think that person didn't do well. Was it? I can't remember who said, well, whatever. It doesn't matter. The technical was a French gateau, or they said marjolaine. Marjolaine. Your French is divine, darling. Oh, yes. Marjolaine Ma- de Croix. Um, layers of meringue. It has, I wrote two, 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 fiddly. It had, oh, yes. You had to roast your nuts. You had to make a ganache. You had to make a praline brittle. And then I believe they had to grind that up and put that in the, it was like a praline buttercream. Was that your understanding? So after they make this so. brittle, they then have to pulverize it so they can add it to buttercream. I mean, that was a challenge. Yeah, and the I cutting it, cutting up well. all the layers and little yes. Andrew who got first. He Remember, he broke his and he put it back together. I'm like, of yes, course, they're going to know. And they never even talked about it. So maybe they really didn't know. This could be and the first he, time somebody got away with something. I wonder, he piped in his meringue into the pans and he said, I don't know if this is right. Mm -hmm. This is what I think you should do. And I wonder if in a weird way it gave it more stability because it wasn't just one flat surface area. Mm -hmm. It had some movement to it. Hope it has anything to do with engineering. You know that he (laughs) he probably knew this would make it stronger Mm -hmm. if I do it this way. Mm -hmm. I wrote down a note that there was many moments of Selassie having really great knitted brows, like puzzling. (laughs) Everybody loves Selassie. Oh my gosh. He is so cute. And I could just listen to him talk all day. His accent Mm -hmm. is so cute. Mm -hmm. Love it. Unfortunately he came in last. Yes, Um, he did. Mr. Last in the technical. That's his, mm -hmm. that's his jam. The flavors were good, but it was a mess. It was messy, very messy. And a lot of them came out chewy. Their meringue came out chewy. So did it did it look like something you'd want to eat yourself? Does it look good to you? I'd probably eat it because you know, thanks to you, I'm a meringue fiend. (laughs) I love it. Oh my gosh. 
especially uncooked meringue. Sorry, I haven't gotten any diseases yet, but once I whip that stuff up, I could literally eat the whole pan and just roll around for the rest of the day and (laughs) be sad about how my stomach hurts. But it's so, my mouth is watering just thinking about meringue is so good. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I always just say to myself, well, I know where these eggs came from, you know, and usually mm-hmm. they were laid that day and mm-hmm. I'm not going to get salmonella. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, if you do the Mary Berry with the hot sugar syrup, you know, it's, it kind of cooks them. Sure. Sure. You tell yourself well, that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The showstopper this week was a tough one. 24 yes. mini moose cakes, two flavors has to be a moose component. They very much briefed, you know, put in the brief how they think a moose should be. Um, so there was a lot of shots of gelatin or gelatine being added. Yes, the sheets. Um, mm-hmm. The sheets. And um, you knew that that was going to be something examined closely was mooses being set or whatnot. And you know, Jane was crazy. She did five mooses. Oh, yes, she did. Know. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how she, you know, pulled that off. And she also makes these beautiful fleur-de-lis um, in pattern. Or, wasn't I don't know that how she pulled so that off. pretty? Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, her flavor, was, I circled the, the chocolate, coffee, and vanilla. I was like, oh, that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Really good. Well, all of her flavors seemed really, really good. She was just extremely, you know, ambitious on this bake. And I think mm-hmm. she did a good job. I had a detail note that I wondered if you have ever seen her caught. Have you ever watched, do you recall seeing bakers spending a lot of time separating egg whites? Because mm-hmm. Andrew has a bottle of egg whites that he is using. And I wonder if that's something that they prep ahead of time for them or. Uh-huh. Could be. I just don't recall ever seeing someone having to separate their own eggs for meringue or anything. I think they have it measured out in a bottle or maybe you can buy it that way. I mean, fresh Interesting. meringue. Fresh I am interested egg. to ask you, what is your favorite method for separating egg whites? Because there's so many different ways to do it. Sophie, for instance, taught me, I don't do this, but she taught me you can take like an empty water bottle and suck up the yolk right on out of that white. And it works. What? You take an empty water (laughs) bottle and squeeze it and hold it over the yolk and it pulls it up and the white is left. Try it. Mm -hmm. It works. I'm going to now. But I I prefer the shell, using the shells back and forth. I... I most of the time use a shell. Mm-hmm. Once in a while, I use my hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or I kind of do, if I have to do a ton, sometimes I find myself doing both. But yes, a shell. I remember when I was a kid, my mom, of course, had so much Tupperware, like so many other mothers <laughs> in the 70s did. And there was a mad picture, like a little Tupperware uh, measuring cup. And it wasn't, it was to separate egg whites and yolks. And so it was a little measuring cup and then it had slits in the bottom. Okay. So you, you'd break the egg into it and then the white would run through those slits and that the little yolk would be nestled in there. And it was a complete waste of time. And money. <laughs> Thanks to 
fiddly, fiddly, yeah. fiddly. Um, because how are you supposed to hold that and then crack an egg? Because it had a handle like a measuring cup. But anyway. Hmm. It's a two-person um, job to separate the egg, the yolk from the white. So Candace, we didn't really speak of her much yet. Let's talk about her champagne glasses, her after-dinner mint chocolate mousse. Um, she... Is this episode where she's talking about my moose is light? It's blah, blah, blah. She's going on and on about her moose. And then she puts it in the freezer and freezes it too far. She overset Mm -hmm. it. And I I wrote down just like I did. She overset (laughs) it. But her second moose, she doesn't get it all incorporated. And they have a bone to pick with that. that She she even says, she's mixing it up. She goes, it looks pretty well incorporated. And I'm like, do you not see the giant marshmallow-sized globs of Mm -hmm. white in there? Do you not see Mm -hmm. that? But maybe to Mm -hmm. her, that that was good enough. But yeah, it was pretty obvious. She did have, I liked her idea. I think the the idea of a champagne cocktail, I like it when people do champagne flavored things. Um, I don't know, just kind of strikes me as interesting. But I, uh, it was kind of a mixed bag. They thought the texture was off in one and then she needed, she needed to incorporate that mousse a little more. Um, mm-hmm. More cream like than mousse, there. more ganache mm-hmm. than mousse. Mm-hmm. The big elephant in the room, of course, is the hipster picnic. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> hipster uh. picnic. This, my favorite, wait, the, the quote, you're taking something simple and making it ludicrously complicated. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> and, but he's the one that said it. Mm-hmm. He said it, like, that's what hipsters do. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. the way that hipsters love um they love small batch micro brews. And instead of just right. popping open a Miller light that I prefer, um, right. we're looking for sponsors, Miller light. So reach out uh, <laughs> anyway, but you know, and then they have to go and have like a $6 nitro infused chocolate peanut butter porter. I've actually tried nitro beer. <sighs> I did not care for it. <laughs> I did not care for it. But yeah, taking something simple and making it ludicrously complicated. Ludicrously. I can't I can't talk. Ludicrously complicated. He has the revelation as he goes along, as, as he gets feedback, I believe, from the judges and other people like, this was not my best idea because I didn't yeah. consider piping and I didn't consider what that all. And, you know, even Paul Hollywood says, hey, if this was a, I think he says a cake challenge, you know, or right. some other type of challenge, like it would have been a fantastic idea. Mm-hmm. It's a mini, um, he made mini cakes, not mini mousses. Right. Yeah. He makes a carrot, carrot cake, mousse sandwich um, that they said tasted like a spice cake. He made an apple pie, one that they, I think said looked horrendous. Was that him? <laughs> uh, not enough mousse. And of course it wasn't moussey. It was really, it looked really dry. Yeah, like definitely. Really dry piped something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Poor Tom. Yeah. He's always going that extra mile when they don't ask for it. And this time it bit him in the butt. Mm-hmm. He was a little wobbly this weekend anyway, but mm-hmm. um, the hipsters picnic was enough 
to. <laughs> I feel like we should out. write a children's book called The Hipster's Picnic. <laughs> a bunch of guys with beards <laughs> drinking, I like it. drinking microbrews and eating uh, carrot cake mousse sandwiches. Yes. <laughs> yes. And throwing axes afterwards. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I've seen people throw axes of you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah? I want to go do it. Oh, okay. I know you don't want to. You have a fear of it, but <laughs> I do. I, but when I saw people doing it, it is hard. You would think, oh, well, you could get it into the wall. I half the people I watched couldn't even get it into the wall. I did try it when we lived in our at our old farm. I did try it, and it would just bounce back out. <laughs> yes, it is hard. You mean you it were throwing an axe in your own home at the wall? No, outside at a tree. But your your own private axe. Yes, my own private axe. <laughs> <yes>. Okay. <laughs> we, used to cut, we, have to, we used to heat with wood. We had an axe. Well, there you go. People pay big bucks for that, Allison. You get it for free. Think of all the money you're saving by throwing your own axe. Good job. Well, it's interesting because Jane was in trouble. Jane was in trouble this weekend and her mini mooses pulled her back out. Yes. Um, Andrew had been wobbling. You know, you get the sense right off the bat when this season starts. Andrew's a good baker mm-hmm. because, of course, he wouldn't have gotten into the tent otherwise. But he kind of wobbles a lot. And this week he gets his first star baker. And I think after this, it kind of goes so much better. I think it yeah. really was a head game and a confidence builder for him. Yes. It, it, he turns the corner big time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we do have to say goodbye to Tom Gilliford. Mm, his name poor is Tom. You know, I think he was only 26 at the time. Um, okay. He is a former teacher. I think he's a smarty pants. He's an Oxford grad. He has studied philosophy and theology and, um, he is, I don't know that he does a ton of public baking. And I say that because I've looked at his Instagram and looked at his Twitter and it's not really food related more. I think on his Instagram, um, he's more into cocktails and so, and kind of sourcing things for cocktails or he doesn't take pictures of his baking. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the two, another person that sort of resumed their their life and, you know, went on. Not that he didn't have opportunities. There's some interviews out there. I think he might be a little considered a little controversial because he quit teaching after not very long. And apparently, I did not look at it, has a controversial TED Talk that speaks about banning teachers. And adapting sort of a new way. Sorry, teacher friend of mine. Um, Banning teachers, like getting rid of all teachers? Yeah. Okay. He he apparently founded a school of his own in East London. um, And he has strong feelings about institutional education. So do the children just teach themselves then? I don't know. I don't know. Tom, I'm going to have to watch. Think of Montessori. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Interesting. What was I he teaching before? Do you know? I don't know that. Okay. Not a ton of public information. Mm-hmm. You know, as we've talked about before, so many other people, 
use it as a jumping off point to launch themselves into a career they always wanted, which was baking, Mm -hmm. which is fantastic. Or, and they attain some celebrity, at least in, in uh, Great Britain and, you know, write cookbooks and blah, 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 blah. On and on. Everybody knows that. But Tom is another one of these people that just, there's no baking at the forefront here. I mean, um, it was all his other interests in his life. And with no website to sort of dig in more, I couldn't find any contact information. And a lot of his stuff is private. But I did watch an interview with him that he did early on. And uh, he talked a lot about really enjoying the technicals in the baking tent mm-hmm. that that was new. He enjoyed the challenge to do something completely different was really up his alley. I don't mm-hmm. know that he translated that into success too many times, but that was a big part of it. And he also spoke about how close he is with this group of people that they were close as soon as they met um, that he has had dinner with many people and is close and stays in very close contact. Sorry to use the word close so many times. Um, he's interested in <clears throat> the theology of food. Okay. Kind of around religious practices, um, you know, using the staples and he talks about food worship also. Oh my goodness. Um, I wonder so if Tom yeah. eats Ezekiel bread. I've, I've talked about that before. <laughs> that's the Bible recipe. Come on, Tom, let us know. Are you eating so Ezekiel funny. bread? Because once you eat Ezekiel bread, you realize <laughs> I don't need to eat bread anymore. <laughs> it's oh my gosh. Oh, it's terrible. You're so funny. Yeah. <clears throat> well, thank and you for that wonderful update on Tom. And I have to say, you know, I used to watch, I've watched this series, you know, quite a few years ago, and he's not really anybody that I was remembering a lot. Well, probably because my feelings for Andrew. (laughs) And actually, Selassie and Benjamin are some of my all-time favorites, too. So I think Tom got eclipsed. Mm -hmm. He's not... um his personality isn't very, very strong. And where others right. even, he's not even quick to laugh. He's very even tempered. Mm-hmm, so I mm-hmm. didn't think because of that, he didn't really stand up. He's not emotional. He's not, um, he's more even keeled. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I don't think he always stood out. He did have some good bakes and some really, I mean, remember he went Sarah Baker twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, He's got skills and definitely not, he has ideas and flavors that are unique and interesting. So, you know, what else? He didn't, he didn't uh, necessarily sparkle, but he's a good baker. He he came pretty far. Sure did. It was, it was, um, yeah, it, it was good. He did a good job. Well done you. Well done, Tom. Well done. And you and I will work on our hipsters picnic show and. <laughs> and buy some freeze dried fruits. Raspberries. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. Well, let's, I'll have to see what kind of freeze dried fruits are, but raspberries, I could see them being very mm-hmm. important. Sounds good. Anyhow, Bluey, we'll uh, call it <laughs> done. <laughs> and dusted. Thank you for listening to the Soggy Bottom Girls podcast. 
You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Soggy Bottom Girls or connect with us at SoggyBottomGirls.com. And may all your bakes be worthy of a Hollywood handshake.